Welcome in, everyone. Final Score Podcast. Uh, Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. And our guest this week will be uh, Tuscarora girls soccer coach uh, Troy Bowers. Uh, Troy has a very talented team uh, coming back this year. Uh, Fresh off of a Central Maryland Conference Championship uh, during the abbreviated uh, spring season, the Titans were a very young team then with eight freshmen, and, and all those players are back. And they have some good uh, veteran leaders, too. Uh, off to a very strong start this season through four games against good uh, g- good competition like Severna Park and, uh, and uh, Middletown. Uh, 16 goals scored uh, for Tuscarora so far. None allowed uh, through four games. Uh, they're, of course, uh, 4-0. Uh, so we'll talk to Troy about his uh, great team and uh, just his, uh, his career and, and, and how he sort of built uh, the Tuscarora program into what it was over the last eight years. So we look forward uh, to talking to Troy in a couple of minutes. Uh, the Tuscarora boys also have a very uh, strong uh, team this season. Uh, John Cannon of uh, the Frederick News Post Sports Department saw them play on Tuesday night this week, and, and John uh, joins me now uh, like, like he often does. Uh, John, what were your impressions uh, from watching the Tuscarora boys play? Yeah, Tuscarora is very strong, uh, very talented. Had a lot of players. I mean, if you're if I'm going up against them, I don't know who I try to shut down. I mean, I don't know if you can mark any one player, and that makes them a really, really tough team to go up against. Uh, they got speed. The guys are just you know, very good with the ball. They look for each other, work well together. Uh, they, they could go very far. Yeah, I, I know Coach uh, Todd Nepper has sort of been been talking them up a little bit. He's he's, he's let us know that they have a very uh, talented team, and uh, and they 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 played Middletown on on Tuesday in the, in the game you saw, and then they really controlled the game from start to finish, right? Yeah, and Middletown's traditionally strong. Um, now those two teams met back in the spring in the uh, Carroll County or Carroll County Frederick County Championship game, and uh, Middletown beat them. Um, and Tuscarora uh, really just, uh, I'll say they dominated a good bit of the game uh, last night. Well, well, what impressed you the most about them? What what, what sort of aspect about their team? Uh, just the way they are with the ball. I mean, they um, they took it to Middletown very early, and just they were they, these 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 attacks unfolded extremely quickly, and the way they looked at each other and gave gave each other through balls, and uh, it was really impressive. Now they didn't keep that up all night. Um, and I mean, it could the way it was going. I thought it'd be a lot worse than four to one. I mean, Tuscarora jumped out to two zero in the first five minutes, but uh, they they still had the game well in hand. Yeah, and, and Tuscarora traditionally is a <clears throat> strong program for the boys and the girls. They the the girl the girls have won uh, two state titles, right? Three, uh, I believe uh, three, 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 and, and, and the boys uh, made a, a somewhat. Uh, surprising run. I believe it was in 2008, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I was uh, Because I think the girls won in nine, so I think the boys won in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a team that just caught fire at the right time. So, uh, Frederick County is a great soccer area. Tuscarora hasn't been at the top of the heap for a while, but 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 this year on both the boys and the girls side, it, it, it seems like they're right there because they're they're dominating uh, traditionally other strong um, programs uh, in, in the county. Um, we're, uh, heading into week three of the high school football season. Uh, you, you saw Middletown play Frederick in a very competitive game last Friday, John. What did you think of the cadets? We, we know Middletown's always good. <laughs> cadets look good. They, uh, they have some playmakers and, uh, Middletown had their hands full with, uh, Frederick's passing game. 
uh, especially Brian Mabuthia. I hope I pronounced his name right, the quarterback. Uh, he was connecting up with uh, – with a good Trayvon, bit, Trayvon Neal, Neal uh, yeah, for a good bit of the night, and uh, Middletown really had trouble uh, containing them. Neal made some nice grabs, and uh, actually, Frederick even broke out a trick play and had Neal throw a touchdown pass to Mabuthia, kind of a reverse and then a, and a pass. But uh, they, uh, they, and and you know, Frederick's defense in the past has been uh, had some issues, but I mean, they were up against a tough Middletown rush attack, and they they. You know, I mean, they gave up some plays, but they were tough at times too. Their line was was decent on both sides. Yeah, it seemed like a back and forth game, and Frederick had the had the lead on a couple of occasions. So, mm-hmm. so you were sort of thinking as you were following along that that Frederick might be able to to pull off the upset. It was anybody's game, as uh, one I believe the Middletown coach or somebody from Middletown said, it was anybody's game, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it bodes well for Frederick's uh, uh, chances uh, moving forward. Their their schedule. Uh, softens here over the next couple of weeks. They play they play Wheaton on on Friday night, and and typically Wheaton hasn't been a super strong uh, Montgomery County team. Then then they play uh, Catoctin, uh, who is zero and two. Then they play Tuscarora at zero and two. So it's not hard to envision a scenario where um, uh, where Frederick is is in the playoffs is like a maybe uh, uh, Eight and one, eight and one. Well, I don't know if they'll go eight and one, but um, seven and two, six and three mm-hmm. uh, type team. Sure. Um, I'm writing about this week, John. There's a proposal um, to allow everyone to make the playoffs this year in football, um, just due to the uh, coronavirus pandemic, which is costing some teams some games. Um, so everyone would get in, uh, uh, and this would just be for this season. Uh, uh, supposedly uh they would just get through uh the 2021 season and then go back to the way that they normally do it uh starting next season but this season everyone would make it uh the football playing teams in the state would be divided into six classifications as opposed to four so there'd be six state champions um just sort of did you have any initial feelings or um impressions about this i don't like the six classifications i mean that that to me just in the future when somebody looks back on this five years from now assuming they only do this for one year it's going to look kind of odd um if you want to open it up because of covid fine you know just just keep your four classifications i guess there's a reason they didn't weren't able to do that and just and just let everybody make it and go from I, there. I I think it's a numbers thing where if they only did the because I think there's a, something like 182 schools I want to say that play football in the state because I in doing research for the story if you divided it by four you would have to add another week or two of of playoffs uh, just to get just to get all the games in. So mm-hmm. so I I think the <clears throat> with six classifications you got. 30 or 31 teams in, in each classification. And I think you could keep the, the five week <clears throat> playoff format that they currently have. So I, I think that's just a numbers thing, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I mean, adding the two additional state titles where I guess they would take the bottom half of four, a combine it with the top half of three, a and, and likewise for one, a and two, a and, and create those two additional classifications. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of waters things down. I, I know a lot of coaches sort of like the fact that you have to earn your way into the playoffs. It's not just a foregone conclusion that, that everyone makes the playoffs uh, regardless of record. So, um, and, and it, it seems like it's going to pass. Uh, they're voting on it on September 24th. So it seems like it's going to happen um, for this season. And, and then we'll see if, if they stick with it going forward. It is an extra revenue opportunity for the MPSSAA conducting these two extra state tournaments essentially with these additional classifications so 
So you have to wonder if they'll look at the money and, and, and say this is something we want to stay with or not. So, um, But anyway, uh, week three of the football season, uh, some more intriguing uh, county games. Uh, Ligonor 2-0 uh, goes to uh, Walkersville 2-0, and Walkersville, of course, of course beat them last year. Uh, Middletown uh, uh, takes on Oakdale. <clears throat> Oakdale and Walkersville uh, played a competitive game last week with Walkersville. Uh, uh, getting a late turnover to seal a a a, a, a close win, and uh, and and you also have um, uh, there was a third county game and it, it's slipping my um, my memory. I know Catoctin right and TJ played uh, each other. Uh, and TJ, yeah, yeah. two teams. Right, that, that that's the game I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, two teams looking for their first win. Urbana takes on St. Mary's Riken, uh, uh, typically a strong. Uh, private school team, so so Brad Wilson looking to challenge his guys with a game like that, and uh, you have uh, Brunswick and Boonesboro facing off. Um, so uh, it, it's an int- Frederick and Wheaton, like we talked about. So it's an interesting slate of games for Week Three. Um, any anything particular? I think you're covering. Uh, is it Oakdale? Catoctin uh, T- uh, TJ. So Which would be interesting. Yeah. Both right. teams looking for their first win, so one of them will get it, and uh, it'd be a uh, yeah, right, big night for one of those teams, and that, that Middletown Oakdale game should be uh, interesting and, and very competitive as well. And uh, Ligonor, uh, w- who I think we all believe is the strongest team right now in the county, uh, facing the facing the team that not, that knocked them off uh, in, in the spring. Walkersville always, uh, or they typically play them uh, uh, very well. I remember a game that was played in a sort of monsoon-like conditions when some tropical system blew through here, and it was it was an overtime game that. Ligonor won by uh, <clears throat> by making the extra point. It came down. It, it, it came down to an extra point. So mm-hmm. that's always a strong, uh, a, a very well contested game, and um, and that game will be at Walkersville on Friday night. Uh, so we look forward uh, to uh, week three of the football season. Uh, see if this playoff format change goes through, and. Uh, We'll be back uh, to talk about everything that went down um, next week. But in the meantime, uh, Troy Bowers is on deck here on The Final Score. Uh, He'll be joining us in just a minute, so stay with us, and um, we look forward to talking to Coach Bowers about his team at Tuscarora this year. All right, this is The Final Score. Stay tuned. Troy Bowers is the head coach of the girls soccer team at Tuscarora High School and uh, Troy uh, joins me now here on the final score. Troy, thanks for doing this. Well, welcome. I thank you so much. I mean, I feel blessed to be here and haven't many, done many podcasts in my life, but thank you. It's an exciting time, so thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, you li- you work in the community you live in, right? You feel Absolutely. Like, you feel like you're a titan true and true. You're, 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 you're part of the fabric of the school, right? Absolutely. My daughter went through the school system. She played for me at Tuscarora, and, you know, I, I, I bleed the colors. I bleed the colors. Is, is that how you became a soccer coach there? Uh, yes. I um. I used to bring my team I was at at Clarksburg High School up to play uh, with Mark Walcott in his tournament he did. And he kind of had talked to me a little bit about maybe applying for the job if he ever gave it up and became an athletic director there. And I said, you know what, I, I love being attached to the school I'm you know, teaching at. I knew the opportunity would not be there for me to be that at Tuscarora, so it would be a new adventure for me because I'm not teaching at that building. Um, and 
my daughter was going to be a freshman and it made the most sense to stay stay part of her life and it was a great experience to have so that kind of opened the door i applied for the job when mark became the athletic director and they ended up giving it to me and eight years later is where i sit did you feel like you were stepping into some pretty big shoes because because <laughs> mark had tremendous success a couple couple state titles uh, 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 with, with the girls team 100 percent. mark walcott is icon coach um three state titles at Tuscarora and a true story. The year I was at Watkins Mill, I went to the States. Chuck Nichols and Mark Walcott were coaches at Thomas Johnson High School and they beat us two to one in the state semis at Walt Whitman High School. And again, I looked across the pitch and like I'm coaching against two incredible coaches. And I would sit at the all-state meetings with, you know, seeing the Frederick County coaches and Again, so much respect for Mark and what he had done for that program and as a soccer coach. And it was very tough at first to get in there and, you know, fill his shoes. And you never fill somebody's shoes. You have to make your own footprints is what I believe. And I think I finally done that there. Yeah, I mean, you you live up here, but but you work at uh, Clarksburg uh, yes. High School. You're, you're, you're a gym teacher at Clarksburg. Does it make it more challenging not being in the same building uh, uh, with your girls? It actually does. Um, I'm a well-respected educator in, in Montgomery County. Um, you know, I have great rapport with the kids, and I lost that ability to be able to catch up with the kids at lunchtime, have, have a meeting, just laugh with them throughout the day. Um, I, I truly believe it's you're you're a student athlete, so the connection is huge when you're in the building with your athletes. You can really stay on top of them in the in the student world, um, and then you can take it out to the athletic classroom on the pitch. And I knew that was going to be the struggle for me at Tuscarora, and it's gotten easier each year as you know the families have welcomed me and the girls have taken to me there. Again, I wish I could be in that building, but. You know, I love the county I'm in and where I'm working at. So that's where I'll retire, you know, Montgomery County. And, you know, up here in Frederick County, I'll keep coaching soccer. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to talk about your team, Troy, because lot, lots of people are uh, t talking about your team. It, 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 it's a very talented uh, group of girls. But but I first wanted to ask you, how did you get into coaching soccer? <laughs> so long ago. Um 100% um, never thought I'd ever be a soccer coach. I played my whole life. It's funny how that works out, right? Yes. The thing you never think you're going to do, you wind up doing. No. And um, I actually was torn between becoming a Marine or going to play college soccer. You have the hairdo for, for, for the Marines. Oh, thank you. And my high school coach, Dale Bevenauer, up at Dover High School in South Central Pennsylvania, played for Mel Lorback at Westchester University. And Dale was an older coach, and Dale told me, look, Westchester would love to have you. I think you'd be a great fit down there. And I, ha I was so torn which way to go. And my dad had always said to me, look, I think you'd be a great educator. And I'm like, there's no way I want to get into education. <laughs> I didn't want to be part of school. But, uh, you know, I wanted to be a, a, involved in the athletics of school, but not the academics. And I ended up going to Westchester, and what a, what a great decision it was. You know, loved my time there with – you know, the Golden Rams and playing for them. And then I literally was given the opportunity at a – I was also a swim guy. I swam there and played soccer at Westchester. And I was given the opportunity at a small private school called Bishop Shanahan in Downingtown, Pennsylvania, to help out Hank Berardi, the athletic director, with the varsity boys soccer team and also coach the swim team there in the winter. So I said, you know what, I was done playing – I had to do an extra semester because I had a, I was getting a, a minor in health, 
and I went out and started working with these kids and I noticed, you know what, I'm, I'm literally, you know, I'm 21 at that point and I'm coaching high school seniors who are 18, 19 years old. And it was a kind of a rough year for me because, again, I was like, I was that arrogant kid at once and, you know, getting them to listen to me and respect me was very difficult. And wholeheartedly, I wasn't sure it was for me. And then I, I left, went back home, and then Montgomery County called. I went down there, and they offered me a job, and they said, hey, we have, <laughs> we have a physical education job, but you have to uh, basically coach JV girls soccer. And I was like, what is that? And I remember back in 1995 saying, this just JV girls soccer. You got to be, I wanted to coach the boys. Right. And uh, I met the girls and 100% fell in love with coaching them. They'd do anything for me. And we weren't that good and it was JV girls soccer, but you know, I'm used to the fast play of the guys game. And a lot of these players just weren't that way. And you know, and it's JV. So I really worked on building them up as players and confidence and finding my niche, how I could work with, you know, the female athlete. And I, I, I bought into it and so did they. And then the next year I was offered a varsity job there and shoot, 26 years later, I haven't turned back. What, what, what do you enjoy the most about doing it? I think for me, uh, I, I love the connection of being a physical education teacher and then having the opportunity then to work with, you know, the same kids that you get to teach, you get to see them then in an athletic setting and the relationships that you can build and the, and, and the trust between the, the teacher and, and the coach and then, you know, the player and the coach. It was just, you know, it, it was so awesome at Watkins Mill. You know, that's where I started. Then I had to leave there. Uh, Clarksburg had wanted me when they opened up their building in 2005. So I left and went there. I was the first coach ever at Clarksburg High School. It was so cool being a first ever coach at a high school. Never thought that would happen in my life. Um, and then, you know, having the opportunity then to, you know, come up here to Tuscarora, which is probably the final phase of my life in coaching. Um, you know, it, it, it's just been a dream, a dream ride, you know, of all the three schools I've been at. Tell me how you and your team have navigated the pandemic for the last year and a half. I mean, uh, you guys, I mean, we, it, it hit in the spring of 20, so your season had already uh, been over for that school year. Yes. But, but then there's uncertainty. Will, will, there, be, will there be sports? Uh, there's workouts that start up last fall. You, you had a spring season, which you did very well, and obviously, and we'll talk yes. about that. But, but what, what is the last year and a half been like for you and your girls? It was so difficult because in, you know, pre-COVID 2019, um, our team was loaded with talent, but it was not an experienced talent. And we had gone over and we beat Thomas Johnson in the regional, you know, quarterfinals in the heck of a soccer game, one nothing. And I remember talking to the girls afterward, they were so psyched to go to region finals. And we were going to play Linganore, who's just, you know, a phenomenal team here in Frederick County, longstanding forever. And, um, you know, having that that opportunity to go to a regional final one game away from the state bracket with a young team then, because we were young, had some decent senior leadership that year. I think we only had two seniors that played a lot for me. But um, it was really the underclass, the, the freshmen and sophomores that were fueling that ride of 10 wins that year. And... 
I remember talking to him afterwards, and we were so excited at the banquet about the future and what it was going to look like in the next season, 2020. And, you know, I just remember then the pandemic coming around, and, I, you know, I got the news that the season was, was put on hold and texting him and how heartbroken the texts were coming back to me. And, you know, we, no one knew what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, we tried to keep the faith, and then we did that very distance training out there. And, you know, it, it gave us a hope, but we never knew. And then, you know, we eventually did get the news we could do something, but we weren't sure what it was going to look like. And that's kind of what put us on the map, put it that way. Yeah, you guys were 9-1 uh, and one during the spring spring season. Uh, Central Maryland Conference champions for the first time. Yes. And uh, and you did it with eight freshmen uh, on, on the team. Your team was incredibly young. What what were you expecting from your from your young team during the spring? In in the honest world of soccer, I, I, I go to the club games. I know the club teams around here. I knew what we had coming in. I knew what we had there. And I knew we would get very good very quickly based on that 2019 returning team with the freshman class that was coming in. Um, so we had high expectations and they were obviously very tempered because of the COVID and, you know, and talking with the girls and, you know, you couldn't get real close to each other. You had to keep masks on. You couldn't really do team meetings. It had to be done, you know, on Google Meets if you did it. Um, it felt disconnected, but the thing I loved about that young team and, and, and the veteran leadership then that was there is that they basically said, look, this is the best that we have. This is all we're going to be offered. We're going to put everything we can put into it, and we're going to see if we can be the champion of whatever is going to be at the, end of the, at the end of the golden road for us. And, you know, I applaud that decision and 100% from the word go, although – you know, it snowed back in February, and we were Urbana had been nice enough to let us go down there and use their field because we had snow on the field here at Tuscarora. We couldn't practice, and you know, three days took forever to get it in. We couldn't even get through our you know tryout phase. Um, as it was, we ended up just keeping all the girls anyway. You know, because we didn't know what was going to happen with the pandemic and who was going to be out because if anyone got COVID or contact or whatever. So, but. You know, the young team with the Wiley veterans kind of just basically said, you know what, we're going to get put everything we got into this season. And we still didn't know at that point what it was going to look like, with the end figure, you know, what, what championship was there to have because they didn't really know it for sure. Yeah, I mean, what, what did winning that championship do for just the confidence of, of all of your young players? 100% what it did for them is, again, because we're just playing Frederick County teams, but honestly, let's be honest about it, in Frederick County you have some basically just amazing, talented teams that, you know, are gracious. I mean, between Middletown, between Oakdale, between Linganore, between Urbana, I think they've all, Walkersville had a state run, TJ had a state run. I mean, in recent years they've all been there. And you're looking at this like, oh my gosh, this it's just loaded up here. So we kind of set the tone that, you know what, we're going to see and we're going to go after it from game one. And I remember we were down in Durbana for game one and talking to him before the game, you know, we had made our minds up that the year before we, and well, year and a half before 2019, pre-COVID, we lost to him two to one there in a heck of a game we played. And Urbana was so talented. And we basically came into it saying, you know what? We're not going to be that pushover anymore. 
And instead of letting them take it to us, we're going to take it to them. And I remember Urbana scored in the first three minutes of, of the game. And we're down one nothing. I looked at my JV coach and I said, I'm not worried. For the first time with this team, I wasn't worried because I knew we had so much talent. And although it was young, I knew we could come back in that game. And lo and behold, we scored one, scored two, and we scored three. And shoot, beat Urbana for the first time in my career here in Frederick County. So got us off to a great start. And the girls then started believing on after game one what I was talking about. And we just had a you know a great run with it throughout that COVID season. And did, did your success in the spring change your approach for this fall season in terms of scheduling and, and expectations and all of that stuff? Absolutely. Um, I had met with you know Howie Putterman, our athletic director, and said, "Look, we're on a new cycle on the schedule. So you know it's every two years in the state of Maryland." And I said, "I'd really like to challenge this group. I want to get my team used to realizing that." You know, no disrespect to any team in Frederick County, but, you know, Oakdale was still 2A at that point. Linganor was the team always to beat. That they're a phenomenal soccer team, but there's better soccer out there in Maryland. And if we can go out and can, and can compete with better soccer, by all means, when we get to play those those powers in Frederick County, we can say we've been there, we've done it. And that's kind of the schedule that I developed and I, I was being reached out to by coaches of other schools because they knew we were good and they wanted to play us. And it made it really fun to navigate um, the schedule we've had thus far. And even the preseason, I mean, old friend Peg Keeler down at Quince Orchard, getting her to come up here and scrimmage us. You know, they're a 4A just juggernaut in Montgomery County. Um, yeah, who, who have you played so far? Well, in the scrimmages, you know, we, we, did it, we always did the play day up at uh, – uh, Boonesboro, so we did Boonesboro, North Hagerstown, and Winters Mill. And Winters Mill is always a nemesis in the Carroll County. And then we went um, against Quince Orchard, and we played them at our place. And what about it? My girls were like, wow. Um, we ended up tying them 1-1. We scored early. They scored late, no overtime in the preseason. They came out of that game feeling well, that's a 4A team. And I said, they've been to multiple states down there. They've won state titles there. Peg is an amazing coach. And look what you just did. And then we, then we played, you know, we, we stayed in Montgomery County. We did Poolsville. We did Clarksburg. And, you know, we came out of the preseason feeling very good about ourselves. We only had two goals scored against us and two ties and all the rest of them were wins. We scored a lot of goals in games. And, you know, we were pretty electric and, again, Everyone was buying into the formation. We were buying into the changes I did with the two seniors we had to take out of the lineup because we lost two very good seniors who are both playing at the college level this year. And it's hard to replace any seniors when you leave, when you lose them. Who, 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 who was Skyler the Andrews is playing up at Frostburg, and Alex Argueta is playing up at York. So I had to replace right. my center midfielder and my center back. And the bone of the team is what's important in high school soccer. And I knew it was going to be a challenge. And – that was my job to figure out, and we did, and we've figured it out, and we've probably done better than I thought we would do in figuring out how to make the bone strong on the team and make everything else as strong around it this year. So um, I was invited to play in a tournament this year, and it was over in Anne Arundel County, and Anne Arundel County is no joke in soccer, and they have powers over there. And we were given the opportunity to play Chesapeake. It was the two, 2019. They lost in the state semis to Northern in PKs. And our it was a two-weekend tournament. And our second weekend game was against the juggernaut Severna Park, 
He was a 4A multi-time state champion. Right. <laughs> I never would play him back when I had great teams in 4A at Watkins Mill. I, I was invited to play a tournament over there. I said, no way we're going over there. And I finally wasn't scared. Um, I wanted my team to see that this is what it's like out there. And the opening weekend, you know, Labor Day weekend, we went down to Chesapeake and take a, you know, an hour and 15 minute bus ride wearing a mask <laughs> with a small team. I only have 16 players this year. It's all I kept. And knowing that everyone sitting behind you is, is a player of high aptitude, high quality. And, and we went out there and we just, we took it to them. I mean, Chesapeake didn't know what hit them. And, you know, we put three up in the first half and three more in the second half and walked out 6 nothing against a powerful 3A team in Anne Arundel County that we could see. And, you know, if we can get through the States, you know, if we're lucky enough, we would eventually maybe see them again. So I talked to the girls about putting doubt in teams that we might see again as we, as we play them later on. And then we opened up with a very scrappy, I mean, Walkersville team. Paul does a great job. He plays at the strengths of his team. We're playing over on our grass field. Uh, we don't have a lot. We don't have as big as we should there. So, limited space with a team that I have. It's built with speed and built with technical ability. You know, we had we really had to work for a three-goal victory, but we didn't give up a goal. And so I'm talking to the girls afterwards. I'm like, we've just played Chesapeake and Walkersville, and we literally have given up no goals. And then it was Severna Park next, and we had two players that were out. And with only 16 girls, it 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 you took 14 over there. I took two starters out of the lineup because they they weren't available that Saturday. And I told the girls exactly how Severna Park was going to play. They were going to knock the ball all over the Daggone Park. So methodical, you know, pass move, pass move, pass move, take it back, switch it around, bring it back, take it around, try to find a forward. And it took us about 15 minutes and. I told them not to chase, just slide. They did a good job with it, and we, we weathered the 15-minute storm. They figured they could play with them, and we went to halftime 0-0, zero, zero, and they said, hey, coach, you, you had it figured out. And I said, we're going to do a few changes. And we went out, and we put a little more pressure on them when they threw the ball a certain way in the game. And um, with my speedy, speedy physical girls, turned them over, crossed it in, boom, ball volleyed in for a goal. Then we got a corner goal. We're up 2 nothing, and – I mean, so much respect for Severna Park and what Rick does over there and being able to beat them at their place on with 14 girls, wow. And then – And then you get Middletown, a perennial yes. uh, state power. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, they, they beat us last year at home. They gave us their only loss. And, you know, that stung because, you know, we figured at home we would play great. And Middletown's a turf team, for goodness sake. They come into our grass field. We're, we're more of a grass team because we practice on it all the time. And they just bullied us to death, and, you know, they beat us 2-1. to one. And That's where I saw how young my team was on game four last year. And they had to learn what high school soccer was about. You know, the, you know I call it the physical track meet. And, again, we talked about going up there, and, and we love turf now. Um, I'm a turf-built team. All my girls play high club level. We practice over now. We're back at the park practicing once a week. You know, we rent the turf field out, and you know, right, right, right next to school. Yep. Long. So we started doing that pre-COVID. We couldn't do it during COVID, but it's good to get them over there, get them used to the fast speed. So you get onto that tur that 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 pitch, you're used to it, 
And we jumped all over them last night, and uh, they had some injuries. And, you know, every team deals with adversity. And, you know, we put four in the first half, and I give, I, you know, give Heather a lot of credit because they came out and they fought really hard in the second half. They didn't quit. And we could only get one more home, beat them 5 nothing. But, you know, we talked afterwards and again today at practice, just said, hey, you know, look, we're 4-0. And, you know, we've scored 16 and given up none. That's pretty darn unimpressive for, you know, a team that really is senior laden with some girls, but sophomore and freshman infused. And um, they, they really like where they're at. And now we go play Walter Johnson, my buddy Josh Kinnitz, on Saturday night down in Bethesda. And Walter Johnson is a – just a phenomenal 4A soccer team in, in the state of Maryland. So our hands are going to be full again on Saturday night. But but 16 goals scored so far, none allowed. Yes. Uh, and one of your sophomores, uh, Nina Connors, I believe, had three goals in the Middletown game. She, she did. Had, she, had, she had the hat trick, right? She did. And um, speaking of that, you know, um, we didn't have her on Saturday. And, again, she couldn't go to that game. And a tournament, I didn't really, you know, say, you know what, I get it. Things that come up, fine. And the girls stepped up in her absence. I mean, we Nina was the you know offensive player of the year during the COVID season in Frederick County as a freshman, racked up nine goals. And she's so technical. She can score. She can turn on you. Hit a shot either foot. And it was really good to get her back last night and see her being the old Nina. You know, which you know she she was just really good last night i mean everyone was good but i mean just seeing her be able to put the ball in the net three times um it was it was really awesome last night you know and i know that really might jump start her now so um 100% just respect for what these girls are doing right now for me over in titanville yeah i mean you you've touched on a couple of things i wanted to ask you about is, is your team different on turf than it is on natural grass you guys are one of the few schools in the county that they're still playing on natural grass on their stadium field we are 100 percent a better team on turf now and because of your speed or yes uh, i have speed all over the pitch we're so technical all over the pitch and when you get on grass at night at seven o'clock it gets dewy everything slows down a little bit um grasses can be kept higher um our speed can't get going like it needs to um we we were very bothered by grass at our first home game. And I told the girls no excuses because we practice on it every day. And most of the teams in Frederick County now have turf fields, so we should have an advantage, you would think, when it, they come to us. Wait, is this called home field disadvantage, uh, <laughs> Troy? A little bit now. It yeah. really is. Um, it really is. And, again, you play to the strengths of your players, and all my girls now play high-level club, essentially, except maybe one or two. So they're all – practicing on turf fields they're playing their games on turf fields and you know that the game of turf is so different than the game on grass and you know it really does hinder us and you have to work a whole lot harder on grass than you do on turf yeah and we're finding that out right so and, and I want to ask you about the schedule too the, the idea of course is by the time you get to the playoffs by the time you're in a state game situation then you will have faced this kind of pressure this kind of adversity this kind of talent before right is that absolutely you know we're, we went to carroll county we picked up liberty we picked up man valley you know we're in montgomery county and then that's coming up in you know um october we got you know the tournament we had in arundel county we have a powerhouse in montgomery county this year we're still playing you know in frederick county you know like i said every team here you know <laughs> 
there there are some just knock them down, drag them out games coming up. You know, and our last week of the season is Oakdale and Linganore. Right. You know, we got Urbana next week. I mean, we've we've gotten through Middletown. You know, every game in Frederick County is just it's it's a, it's a fist fight. I mean. You know, Fred, everyone gets up to play everyone up here. Frederick to TJ, it doesn't matter, you know. Every game is a fist fight in Frederick County. So, um, you know, and I've, I've talked to the girls about not playing down to the level of your competition because we are such a, a highly proficient soccer team. They they sometimes let the pedal and cut get off the gas a little bit. And, you know, I don't like that about them. But, again... That we've talked about it again today. They stay connected defensively, and I'm really proud of these four games where we've not given up a goal. Um, you know, I don't care who you're playing. Four games of soccer, you know, um, that's pretty impressive. And and it will happen sooner or later. There's no doubt. And when it does, I've talked to him already about what's going to happen when that goal is scored on us because you have to be mentally prepared for these things to happen as a player. And if you haven't given up a goal in four games, say it happens next game, we give up a goal in game. What are you going to do? Are you going to fight even harder? Are you going to work more relentless? Are you going to bring more energy? How are you going to react to that? And that remains to be seen yet because, again, we haven't given up a goal yet. And, you know, kudos to the team. You know, I told them we, we want to hang on to that as long as we can. <laughs> yeah, so come playoff time, there's going to be no doubt in your mind that your team is battle-tested. Absolutely. Again, and they're believing it now. They know why I've done this with them. Um, I don't think they like getting on a bus and driving all the way to Anne Arundel County, especially last weekend. We had we left at 6.45 in the morning on the bus because we had a 9 a.m. game at Severna Park, and they're like, are you kidding me? On a weekend, on a Saturday, yep. sleeping in. Yeah, yep. yep. high school kids, you know, they're on the Xbox having fun, playing FIFA, going to the football games, enjoying high school life, being safe with the pandemic still going on. But um, It's the price you pay for being good, right? Yes, yes. So um, – you know, that that's, again, speaking to that. I told them this week, hey, girls, we play at 7 o'clock Saturday night in, in Bethesda, so you, you have all day to sleep. And then get get, up and get ready to leave at 3 o'clock, we jump on the bus and go to Bethesda. Right. Do you ever stop yourself, Troy, and say, how did I get so blessed to have this team eight, eight years into my run here at Tuscarora? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've done this for so long, and I always tell the players, you know, look, you know, my job is to prepare you for the game, you know, take your skill set as high as I can get it in the practice settings. When the game and the whistle blows, I don't have much I can do for you. As a team, everything we've talked about, I've taught you, you have to let your skills take over as players. So my joke is always, would you want a good coach or a good player? You want a good player because the good players make life much better for us as, as coaches. They make us look a lot better. And, I, and I'm not naive enough to, you know, I understand that. You know, I've fought hard everywhere I've been and, you know, I've squeezed, I think, in my life more juice out of a lime than, you know, I thought I ever could with the teams I've had because I do expect things as a coach. I expect ways to play, and I expect, you know, 100% leave it all out in the pitch type mentality. And, again, this team, you know, 100% blessed. You know, yes, I am there. I, I, I am not too egotistical to understand that, you know, and just a, just a sensational group of girls Awesome, awesome, awesome Titans. They're just great girls. So many of your players are underclassmen still, uh, sophomores. Uh, one of them is not. I believe she's a senior, uh, Callie uh, Camerata. Camerata. Yep. 
Um, she she came to you from uh, Garetti, I believe, yes. right? Uh, uh, tell us you about Callie. Yes. Uh, tell us about Callie. Uh, Callie, uh, I was bummed when I didn't when I knew she wasn't coming to us because I knew about her. Um, I had gone and seen you know other club. We had you know three or four other girls: Jazzy Sims, Danny Bonanno, uh, Mia Hill. were all on that club team. They were playing together. Um, I went and saw them play. Uh, I saw Callie. I said, I mean, she's going to be a Titan. Then I heard she was going to go to Garetti. And, ah, man, it was just, it was hard. And, you know, I've always said next girl up mentality because the girls were not happy she wasn't there. They, Of course, they wanted her. They wanted her because she's a great kid. And I remember exactly where I was at. And when the text came in to me that she was coming, um, I'm a huge Pittsburgh Steeler fan. We were up at Steeler camp. And I was going to Friday Night Lights with my family. And so you were happy on Sunday afternoon. Then. Yeah, yeah. The text came in, said, Coach Bowers, let you know, uh, I'm, we are definitely not moving. We're coming to Tuscarora this fall. And I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Best news you can ever get when you're all the way in Pennsylvania and you know soccer starts five days later. Right. Uh, how, how does Callie interact with the younger players? She's awesome. Um, she's one of my captains. I basically consider her the mother of the team. Um, so good with the young kids. Um, you know, the senior class has six of them. There's six seniors, you know, five of them start one plays a lot of minutes as a reserve. Um, you know, the junior class, we don't have much, but that sophomore class is loaded. And we have two freshmen this year. Um, one freshman starts and one freshman plays a lot. Who, who, are, who are they? Uh, Julia Morales is the freshman that runs the middle for me. And then Jen Valdez is an outside back. Uh, both high-level players um, who, uh, again, starting as a freshman for Tuscarora, are you kidding me? She, she's the true 10, runs the middle. Especially this Tuscarora. Team, yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, just, uh, again, Callie has, just like all the seniors have, again, uh, they've just taken them in. We talked about it today. I even said to the girls today, how have we been able to do this through four games and give up no goals? Is it that our back four is just so good and our goalie? I said, or is it the formation we play? And they basically all in you know, unison said, it's all of us. Everyone does their job when they're on the pitch. And I was so happy to hear them say that because they do. You know, the holding mids work back. They win balls. Julie in the center retreats back fights for the ball. The wing players do it. The forward will come back to the 30-yard line to get a ball and get it forward. Everyone is vested in playing defense. And, you know, Mia's done a great job in goal. And my sophomore goalie, McKenzie, I'm getting her minutes when, you know, we can get the minutes for her. And they've both been very strong this year. So, you know, but I, I know when it comes push to shove, we're going to lean on the experience of the senior class and blend it with that awesomeness of the young kids, the vibrance they bring, you know, the, the technical ability, the flow they bring, the, the pace they bring to the game. Sounds like a lot of talent, but not a lot of egos on, on, on your team. It's funny you say that. We just said that today. We don't have it. And I'm blessed because I'm not that guy either. And I, I kind of want that out of my team as well. And they walk that same walk with me. We, we don't talk. We play. And... You know, I'm always on about the social media. That That's the death of us. You, you don't post things. You don't give stuff to teams for fuel. Stay off the battles on there. Show up. Do your work every day and practice. When the game starts, the whistle blows. You give everything you got. And, again, let your play talk, not your mouth. 
And we're, and we're still in the pandemic too. I mean, you got to be careful about that as well. Absolutely. Again, you know, just like everybody, we dealt with it in the, you know, during the COVID season, um, we almost had a shutdown, you know, before the championship game, um, you know, but uh, wholeheartedly, you know, I, I tell them, I pray every night that it's not going to affect us. I mean, you know, we, we, we now know, you know, I don't know who's vaccinated on my team, not vaccinated. It's not for me to know, but I tell them to be as safe as they can, keep the mask on when you can. And, you know, we're out there, we're taking them off and then we're putting them back on. They're getting in cars with each other. We're trying to be safe, but they're kids. They forget. They let their guard down. Right. And, and now the weather's getting colder. People are going to be inside. Yes. Uh, it'll be easier to transmit uh, the, the, the virus. So, you, so you're going to have to be hyper vigilant as, as we get closer to states, right? hundred percent. And, and, and we, we say it every day. Uh, Callie brought it up and she said to the girls last week, she said, girls, you know, Coach Bowers says all this stuff to us and we all say this stuff back. But she said, I think there's one thing we shouldn't. And I was so happy she brought it up because we do talk about COVID. It seems too much on our daily time we're there but we have to to keep everyone vigilant about it she said we should play every game like it's going to be our last because COVID is going to shut us down right and I said Callie that's really a great thing to say and that's something else we can add to our fight as we go forward this year because we just don't know it's been really hot too including uh, today so how have you guys how have you guys handled the heat in terms of workouts and uh, stuff like that it, it's been tough and and I, I've started to coach smarter in my later years um you know, 90-minute sessions instead of two hours. Um, a lot of recovery Wednesdays. You know, we haven't even started to really play the Frederick County schedule yet Tuesday, Thursday, because the holidays. Um, and, you know, next week we finally get into it. Um, you know, they haven't had really had five days of school yet either. So, you know, the body's got to get used to that. And, you know, that's why I liked having these three Saturday games in a row because it did give us that second game in a week that we really didn't have through the first weeks of the season. Um, it's been a weird start, but once we get to October, whew, it's every Tuesday, Thursday, and shoot, whoever wins our side, uh, you know, we play Linganore on a Thursday, and if we're fortunate enough to win, win, you know, our side, the Frederick County Championship is two days later. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, right. So, you know, the, the train keeps going. Right. Uh, Madison Slater, uh, two goals for you as a freshman in the championship game last year. Yes. CMC, uh, tell us about Madison. Again, one of the ultra-talented freshmen last year. Um, I, I gave kudos to the you know Frederick Post for the article they wrote, The Budding Giants. It was, it was, it was completely spoke to who we were because in that championship game, all freshmen scored. Three freshmen scored the four goals. And uh, a of the assists in that game, three freshmen assisted and only one other player that was not a freshman had an assist. So uh, Madison Slater plays with incredible pace and she's so technical and she gets so amped up at times that she just crushes the ball over the net. And I've told her we just got to keep composed down by the, by the finishing third and you can put the ball in the back of the net. And she's scored three already on the year. Um, three and four games. So again, you know, relentless pressure. I can play her up top. I can play her on the outside wing. Shoot, I could put her in the middle if I needed to. All my players are interchangeable, and the train doesn't slow down. So it's really, it's really a fun team to coach and just watch go play. And t tell us about Skylar Andrews uh, too. 
Well, Skyler was amazing. I mean, but like I said, she she for four years she run, ran that middle, but we lost her. This, oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we had lost her to go to Frostburg, so we had to replace her. Uh, Skyler was a senior. Yes, um, my, my bad. It's okay. Um, do you guys have to tune out some of this noise? I mean, everyone's sort of telling you how great you are, how talented you are. We're writing articles about you. People are talking about you. Do you have to tune out some of that noise? I love how you stated that 100%. Um, and I have a mentality with this team. And I started it three years ago. We don't look forward on our schedule. We go game by game. And we certainly, beyond the next practice or that night after the game, we don't look in the rearview mirror. Um, I started a new thing. We do a 3-2-1 after each game. Three things we did well, two things we could have done better, and one loud cheer. That Just like it's my time as a coach after a game, it's the players' time. They don't want to be beat up after a game. We save that for the next day when everyone's heads have rested in a practice. And we have talked about that a lot this year because – Again, the players tell me, well, so-and-so said this, so-and-so said that, so-and-so says this about their team, so-and-so says that we're going to be – and I tell them it's just noise. It's noise. Again, if you're going to get caught up in the noise, you're going to get bit because you're not ready to play. So we have to just block it out and show up and play every game like we've heard nothing, know nothing, and just get after them. And that's how we've done it. We go game by game. I've not looked forward in the schedule at all. We don't talk about the next game up beyond the one right in front of us. How, how long do we get to enjoy wins? How long do we get to enjoy wins? Yeah, I'm like, is it 24 hours <laughs> is it till the next game? Or It's basically yeah. to the next practice. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Again, I, we do not dwell on a win because, again, that won't get you far in life. Again, we're, and I told them last night after Middletown, I thought we had a really tough second half, a lot of credit to Heather. I told them, I'm not, hey, we're not going to apologize for winning 5 nothing, But I said, we're not going to apologize for giving up no goals again. But tomorrow we will talk about how we could have been a lot better at, throughout this whole game because we did a lot of things wrong last night. But yet we were still going to have to win 5 nothing. And as a kid, you hear that, you're like, we just won 5 nothing, but we did things wrong. And then we start talking about today, and they all agreed we did things wrong. They know it. We fix it. We work on it hard tomorrow, have a short session on Friday, and then get ready to go play WJ on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, how do you keep your team getting better knowing how talented they already are? Well, that's just it right there. I've done this year every Wednesday is a recovery day. Um, what, what, what is no, no practice? or No, no, we uh, practice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's usually a long run out called a long, slow distance after we stretch. We, we They're supposed to talk, laugh, you know, 15 minutes of it just to get their legs kind of to move again. Um, after we do our dynamic warm-up, um, and then we get into simple touch drills to some footwork drills. We don't get into any possession that day. We don't get into any shooting that day. We don't get into any, you know, tackling that day. So get, get, get your legs back under you. Get your yeah. legs back under. In fact, today I, I texted the three captains after last night's game, and I said, all right, tomorrow, captain's practice. I said, all I'm going to require is that long, slow distance, but we're going to talk after that, and then we're going to – the captains take over. I, I saw them today. Again, I'm not in the building. I don't like that, so I see them when I get there. Are you ready? Yep, we're ready. So after we talked, they said to me, hey, we're going to play kickball today. We played kickball today with our varsity and JV teams together, and it. my assistant coach, Chad Connor, said 
it was just amazing. The girls were laughing, having a great time. We're playing on the, because we practiced on the softball field. So they're kicking, we're using the bases, they're running around the softball field, they're sprinting on, the, using their speed to get around, get around the pits. They're laughing when kids try to catch the ball and, and bounces off and flies up in the air. They're throwing the ball to hit players to get them out. It, it was a fun session today. And, you know, they all, they, a lot of them say thank you to the coaches when they leave. They're just such great kids. And they said, we really enjoyed that today. So it was, again, just a great, great session today. And it was kickball, for goodness sake. Yeah. But well, I watched girls literally as soccer players, and the ball was hit hard to them. They'd knock it down with their foot. Instead of reaching down to pick it up, they'd kick it hard to base try to get the kid out before they got there. And I didn't tell them to do that. They adapted to what sport they play and brought it into the kickball besides catching it out of the air. A lot of times when the ball got past in the outfield, they didn't pick it up because they don't throw far. They ran, turn, and they would crank it long into the field and someone would catch it and try to get a kid out. So it was really creative and really smart in their part to watch him do that today. Is this where you thought you'd have this program uh, eight, eight, eight years into this job? No. No. Um, and I only say no because uh, you always, as a coach, are ambitious to obviously be someone that can win a regional championship, get your team to the States. And I'm someone that 100% understands that, you know what, that isn't always possible there's only so much you can do if the talent's not there. And, you know, I know that in 2019, we were closed. 2020 spring with COVID, we would have been fighting for it. And I know now we're going to have the opportunity to fight for it as well. Right. Uh, word on the street is the Tuscarora boys soccer team is also uh, 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 outstanding this year. A very talented team that racking up a lot of goals and, and wins so far. Is there any sort of competitive rivalry going on between the boys team and the girls team? From what the girls tell me, no. Okay. Um, 100% respect for each other. Um, we support them when we can. They support us. They are ultra-talented. Tuscarora uh, – Basically, both soccer programs are very rich right now, um, and it's it's fun. Get the school behind, you know, whatever sports team you can to get that community feel, that, that push, that pride, you know, for, you know, the school and, you know, the, the shield, the crest you wear. And, you know, a lot of respect for that boys team. We have some siblings that play, you know. We have, you know, one of our, our freshmen, Jen, her – you know, brothers on the team, he's a junior, um, you know, and we have others that are close with each other in the boys and girls program. So 100% respect for each other. Nepper does a great job with them. You know, I wouldn't let my girls get after him and he wouldn't let his guys get after my girls. <laughs> There's no competition there. Right. You do what you do. You represent Tuscarora. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to represent Tuscarora in the best way we can. No, but no, like friendly bragging rights or anything. Uh, on, Not that on I the hear line. of. Okay, the, the girls are pretty. They're open with me. They'll tell me. You know, they they they, they will tell me. Yeah. Uh, did you ever play on any high-powered teams growing up? Um, I did. Um, my junior and senior year in high school, we you, had. Two you grew very, up in PA, right? Yep, southern south south central Pennsylvania, Dover High School, small cow town. Outside of Harrisburg, yep, right? York yeah. County, yep. yep. And hundred um, percent, my junior senior year, in Fred in in sorry, I said Frederick. That's where I live and coach in Pennsylvania. You had to qualify for the playoffs. Yeah, 
in Maryland, everyone makes it. Right. So we had two runs my um, junior and senior year where we qualified for the, you know, we were a 3A team in uh, Pennsylvania. We qualified for the playoffs. Junior year, we barked out too early, two rounds in. In my senior year, we went to the state semis and lost a heartbreaker um, to Bishop McDevitt. But I always remembered as a player and, you know, college, we I, I went to a very good team right away, but then the, the, the latter years weren't so good there. But what, what what position did you play? I was I was always you know what we call I was a holding I was a center defender. Um, I always forget the word we used back when I played, um, but a rover almost is what the high school coaches would call it. You were like a sweeper or? Uh, in front yeah. of the sweeper. Okay. I, I would rove and get up and get back. I was athletic as heck. I was a swimmer. I was a you know <laughs> triathlete back then. So I mean I was just very in shape and I would work my way back and college I just became basically a holding mid um you know I I would love to blow people up on tackles start the attack forward and I played to my strengths wasn't real technical big leg great vision push the ball forward so that's why I'm so enamored by defense in high school and do you build your program with that foundation absolutely you think back to about Jasmine Sims who now is a senior four years ago as a freshman I played her up top and she was electric with the ball at her foot. Um, but I would watch her tendencies to want to turn and take it back away from the goal when she would beat two girls. I'd watch her pull it back, and I'm telling her, Jazzy, shoot the ball. And she looked to make the perfect pass away. And I said, you know what? <clears throat> I think she'd be better suited to go back and play on the back line because she can get forward and not to be in the final third and then just distribute the ball. Right. And she embraced the role and has been the exact reason why for the last three years, you know, we won 10 games our sophomore year. We won nine games her junior year. And this year we're off and running again. So, um, you know, she wholeheartedly wants to be forward, but she understands her role in the high school team. And she is just, she's a shut down back. And she's so technical. She'll cut you, she'll take the ball. She'll, you know, pace it forward as quick as she can. Uh, just a dynamic center back. I mean, man, she's good. Yeah. Did you grow up in a big family? Uh, was uh, no, no. One brother. One brother. Uh, did he, was he an athlete as well? He was a cross country guy. He was a runner. Okay, so you got the the Bowers are into endurance uh, yes. sports. Yes. I, I take it running, absolutely swimming. Yep. And like I said, I, I became a triathlete and was a uh, you know very very good triathlete for a lot of years till my knees betrayed me. But uh, wholeheartedly, like I said, you know. Always was into fitness and still am to this day. Did you and your brother push each other? Quite uh, a bit, he or, was yeah. he was you know three years older than me. He was a senior when I was a freshman. Did so he, did he beat beat up on you? And stuff, uh, or? He tried. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he tried. <laughs> you but, you wouldn't let him know, right? Uh, you know, I, I got good pretty quick, and you know I was yeah. very talented at a young age. It took him a little longer to get his talent. He developed a little later. I developed a little quicker. It's fun to beat your older brother, isn't it? Yeah, there's no doubt. A lot yeah. of respect for him these days. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he's 100% not into athletics anymore. He's into running his stores and his businesses. And I'm into physical education, teaching, and coaching, and trying to stay fit. So, 
Well, it's going to be fun watching your team all season, Troy. Appreciate it. I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about all this. Thank it, you uh, so it, much. It's, it's been fun, I and mean, we wish you the best um, all season long. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, my thanks uh, to Graham Cullen uh, for producing and for all of you uh, for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Final Score Podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening, everyone.